0: evening everybody it is November 30th we're doing our weekly live show breaking down Alberta politics thank you so much for joining us I'm your host Nate Pike we're gonna be talking about the last two and a half days in Alberta politics and I strongly suspect we're gonna be going a little bit overtime uh, tonight because wow what uh I can't even say what a week when we were doing one show a week I could say what a week now that it's every like three days it's like wow I can't believe this is necessary. But here we are, nonetheless. And the easiest way to get through the the disaster that has been the last um, three days is probably by attacking things with a little bit of a, a chronological order, if you will. So to start with, we're going to go all the way back. I can't even say it with a straight face. We're going to go all the way back to Monday. New legislative session coming in on Tuesday. Everybody's excited. It's going to be a big one. We know there's some big legislation coming in. House leader, new house leader, and almost as tall, if not as tall as the old house leader, Joseph Shaw, held a press conference to talk about the, the the legislative calendar. And this is where he was incredibly non-specific. But what he did do is he did say to uh, a lot of people, here's what we're going to be dealing with here's what we're not going to be dealing with and one of the things that really got people's attention was the big thing that they said that they weren't going to be dealing with one of the big campaign promises of danielle smith was that she was going to make it a uh put vaccine preference into the uh, Charter of rights uh, for people, so that you could say human rights, so that you could say, ah, oh, if I want to choose to be not vaccinated, that's a that's a human right. You can't discriminate me based on against that. But the reality is, vaccines is a choice, and choices are not something that you can be discriminated for or against. It's just not how it works. And there, with the announcement that uh, Daniel Smith was no longer going to be pursuing that, Joseph Shao had some questions to answer.
1: I have a question about the, the, the amendments to the Human Rights Act. I mean, you're, I hear what you're saying, but you're the person that's telling a bunch of Albertans who the Premier was very vocal about, who chose not to be vaccinated. She called them the most discriminated against group she's ever seen. And now you're the person up here saying that those people are not going to see those amendments in the Human Rights Act. What would you say to that group of Albertans who are unvaccinated about the decision of this government not to bring that in this session? What, what is your explanation to those people?
2: What I'm saying is that the bills we're bringing forward address the concerns we're hearing as a government that are the top priorities to them, which is being able to pay their bills and making sure that they have access to good quality, affordable, uh, good, good quality health care. And they have that. Our frontline workers do tremendous work. And uh, having this, uh, this legislature focusing on those priorities is, I think, very important and, and they appreciate that. So. To the Albertans who are wondering what's coming forward, I can tell them that this legislature has legislation or rather, this government will be putting forth legislation to address their primary concerns.
0: Now, as you can see, that tie was doing all of the heavy lifting in that clip because I don't think I've seen a tie that long. I almost feel like they were two stacked on each other and that podium was looks like more was a bit more of a step stool than an actual podium but one of the other things that Mr. Shao did during the course of that press conference was he did everything he could to kick the ball down the field the number of times in that press conference that he said hey you know what I can't answer that question but you know who does have a press conference this afternoon Danielle Smith has a press conference this afternoon and danielle smith was in fine fine form for that press conference one of the things that uh, we saw right out of the gates was danielle smith as a member as a a previous member of the media we saw her respect and her um, collaborative approach to to working with members of the media
1: and uh, in your tv address last week you said you have made mistakes and you uh, taken controversial opinions uh, many in which have evolved. Can you be specific about those mistakes and uh, how you're learning from them?
3: Can you be specific about what you'd like to ask me about?
1: Just, well, just an to some of the mistakes you were referring to. If
3: you've got an example, please.
1: I, I, that's what I'm asking. Yeah,
3: I'm asking you for an example.
1: <laughs> well, I'm asking the, what would you were, would have been referring to. Well,
3: you know, I'm, I'm uh, looking at the issues as they come up today. I've got a new job, and I'm going to make sure that every issue that comes forward. Uh, goes through my caucus and my cabinet so that we've got consensus as a, a party on how to move forward on things. And so that's uh, that's just the process that we go through. I have a different job now, and that's what I'm going to do.
0: Now, of course, the question of the, the vaccine human rights came up, and I got to be clear, one of the biggest criticisms that we've seen from experts in the field, whether we're talking about experts in health law, whether we're talking about constitutional law, is the fact that there's so much legislation that says hey, you can be discriminated against for things that you can't control, for things you can't change, like your identity, like your race, like your uh, sexual orientation, all of those things that, that are intrinsic to a person's identity, those could be grounds for discrimination. But if it's a choice, if you're just like, I like the color blue, you can't be discriminated against for that choice. And the question came up, in regards to hey daniel smith how are you going to how are you going to address this question because this was one of your key campaign promises
4: you on a case-by-case basis if somebody said to you, yeah i'm uh, being discriminated against my uh, by, by my employer uh because i'm not vaccinated
3: well i'm i'm, I'm calling people who i when i hear these instances there was a an instance where um Uh, For instance, the Arctic Winter Games wanted $1.2 million from us to support their effort. And they were discriminating against the athletes, telling them they had to be vaccinated. So we asked them if they would reconsider their vaccination policy in the light of new evidence, and they did. And I was pleased uh, to see that. Uh, There is a, a film set that I have heard is discriminating against his hairdressers. And so I've asked my minister to give them a phone call. Those are the kind of things that we'll do. We just want to remind people that in this province, we do not discriminate against people for any reason. And that now that we know a lot more about this virus, that we would like them to address their policies and bring them up to speed with what the environment is here that we are trying to create, which is a welcoming environment. That will accept people from all backgrounds in all occupations, and we don't want to have any discrimination for any cause. So I'm quite prepared to make those phone calls, and have my ministers make those phone calls if there's other examples.
4: Michelle, About, okay, so you're you're saying that the government will withhold funding to organizations that uh, want to uphold their own vaccine mandate? So what if it's what if it's a business that doesn't receive any government funding? What will you do then?
3: I'll I'll still call them and ask them if they would reconsider their policy.
0: So there's a whole lot to unpack in that clip. Starting with, that's a real nice film set that you've got there. Be a real shame if something happened to it. It is almost inconceivable that somebody who campaigned on the idea of small government and libertarian principles and not having government intervention—my fingers are getting a great workout tonight—would uh, say, "Hey, if somebody doesn't do some, if somebody does something that I don't like." I, as premier of the province, am going to take time out of my day instead of being, I don't know, premier of the province. I'm going to be calling up all of the people that I hear about that are trying to run their business and have public health protections in effect for ensure that their business can run when we're talking about film sets if a if some sort of an illness especially something like COVID 19 breaks out on a film set not only does that have major costs for their insurance but it has major production costs because every day those things get shut down costs mad money so if you're a film studio do you want to go to the location that's going to let you make the decisions about how you want to film your film? Are you going to go to the place where if you don't do exactly what the premier of Alberta wants, she'll call you personally? The fact that she would threaten to withhold funding from organizations that are reliant on government funding in order to enrich the lives of the participants, like the Arctic Games, is really quite stunning. Because again, that is maximum government overreach. If Smith was the the libertarian that she claims to be, her response would be, hey, you know what? If you guys want to do this, do what you're going to do. It's cool. If people don't want to participate in your games, I guess they won't. But instead, what she's doing is she's saying, I'm going to call you and I'm going to threaten to take away your funding. And when we're talking about the, the Arctic games in particular, it's worth noting, That is an incredible amount of indigenous First Nations uh, Inuit population that's participating in those games. So threats like that are specifically targeting people who historically have had more challenges in getting involved in high-level sports than somebody who, say, lives in Calgary or Edmonton. That was Monday. Yesterday... We we got to have, we got to have the throne speech, and I think a lot of people were watching the throne speech, going, "This is going to be a good indicator of how bad things are going to be." And the throne speech was, by and large, uh, boring. There wasn't really anything particularly exciting in the throne speech. It was it was, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna stand up and fight back against Ontario and uh, Quebec, and we're gonna make things fair and all of that kind of stuff." But then came Bill One. And this is the political event that everybody has been waiting for since Danielle Smith first started campaigning for the UCP leadership. And there's a lot of speculation in regards to, well, what is she actually going to do with it? She said a lot of things with the Alberta Freedom Strategy, and then she seemed to walk a lot of those things back. And hey, just yesterday, she walked back from her human rights and vaccine stuff. Maybe it won't be that bad. Turns out it wasn't that bad. It was worse.
1: The point is, we, we had a tech briefing with with officials. We asked this question directly. We said that once the motion's debated in the legislature and oh, the majority of MLAs vote on it, and then it goes to cabinet, and there's directives within that motion, then the cabinet ministers have the ability to unilaterally, if they so choose, change legislation. That it, we asked that we confirmed that over and over with with officials. So can you just say yes or no? That's correct, and if it's not, explain why it's not. That is correct.
4: Just to be 100% clear, the cabinet will only be able to act within what was defined in the motion and nothing more.
1: Well, if they decided to do more then I, I would suggest that, I mean this is hypothetical. This is, there was, this is hypothetical that's suggesting would there be a, a future cabinet that would try to go further than the resolution. Uh, I, I suppose that's up to the assembly at that time to hold that, that executive council to, to account
5: why do you need the power to rewrite laws
3: without going through the legislature
1: we need uh, the power to reset
3: the relationship with ottawa that's what this is all about We've, we've tried different things in the past and it hasn't worked so we've got to try something new
0: now for those of you that haven't seen those clips before I would encourage you maybe once we're done this broadcast to go back and watch Daniel Smith's body language, because it's pretty telling Tyler Shandro's body language also pretty telling, but don't worry. We have a couple more clips that we're going to play for you. What people were reacting to is in the technical briefing. For those of you that aren't familiar with how these things go, Deirdre and I did a bit of an emergency episode on it last night. But if you missed it, here's basically how it works. When the government has a new major piece of legislation, they say, hey, you know what? We totally get that it's going to take a while for all you journalists to write your stories because this is really complicated. So we're going to have some people come in who aren't elected officials. They're the ones who understand the technical elements of the bill. And they're going to explain to you how the things are going to work. And the reporters give up all their phones. The stories are embargoed. So you can't release your story until the government has said you can release your story now. Uh, and that's how people are able to write complicated stories about complicated issues and get them out within 10, 15 minutes of it actually being announced by the government. What those reporters were saying is in the technical briefing, the way that the bill was explained, and this aligns, by the way, with the way that the bill is written. The bill's public now. Anybody can go to the Alberta government website and read it. The way that the bill is written is the process looks like this. A minister or member of cabinet, doesn't have to be a full-grown minister, but even like a little mini minister, can uh, identify something currently or in the past because the bill is retroactive that they believe violates Alberta's good-feelingness. They believe violates Alberta's charter rights or believe violates Alberta's interests. That member of cabinet can then write a proposal that they take to the legislature. The legislature debates it and a motion is put forward saying, hey, guys, boy, those feds, they tried to take away our carrots. It's unacceptable. We have to fight back. So, cabinet, we want you to put together a fighting back on the carrots bill. Make some laws. Make it stop. We need our carrots. And then the cabinet gets to go behind closed doors and they get to choose what laws they're going to change. They get to choose what laws they're going to implement. And that's the end of the process. That's it. Those are now laws that flies in the face of how laws have historically been created in, I don't know, democracies, particularly in Alberta. When a law is proposed, it's given a first reading, a second reading, a third reading. And then if it passes and gets royal assent, which means the lieutenant governor says, yeah, okay, that can be a thing. Uh, If that happens, then it's a law. But we're now going to circumvent that entire issue, and we're going to let elected officials make these decisions. Now, before we get into the remainder of the clips, I just want to take a second to point out one of the reasons that people have speculated that Tyler Shandro is the current minister of justice is because the bench strength in regards to lawyers who are elected officials is so shallow, there's like four to choose from. There are hardly any lawyers who make up the UCP cabinet, which means somebody who has zero background or understanding of law or the legal system could theoretically identify something they don't like. They could take it to the legislature where the UCP have a majority government and haven't had a bill not get passed. They could have their debate on their motion, and then whatever that motion is, cabinet can take back and go, you know what, yeah, we're we we want to going to implement a, a carrot law where the feds can't take away our carrots anymore, and you know what? It feels like, to me, maybe they're overreaching on the tomatoes too, so we're just going to make this an omnibus vegetable bill, and we're going to take back control of our vegetables, our fruits and vegetables from the federal government. I'm being ridiculous deliberately because if we start to use any real-world examples, it gets absolutely terrifying and perhaps the most terrifying element is that appears by and large danielle smith isn't entirely sure how she wants to use it
3: we expect to table a number of special motions under this act in the upcoming spring legislative session dealing with the examples of federal overreach that i just mentioned earlier and here's the point i hope we never have to use this bill I hope that we've sent a message to Ottawa that we will vigorously defend our constitutional areas of jurisdiction and they should just butt out.
0: At the beginning of the press conference, Danielle Smith says to everybody, hey, guys, we got plans. We're rolling with this thing and we're rolling deep. We're we are so all up in. We've got already we've mapped out ways that we're going to use this bill. And not 30 minutes later, in the same press conference, on the same day, she turns around and says, I hope we don't have to use it. That doesn't build confidence for people who are watching the disassembly of democracy. That she's going to use this in a responsible or judicious way, because it appears that she doesn't even know how she's going to use it. But there's other questions to be asked, too. Signed on to a resolution
3: to phase out oil and natural gas, he would face a legal challenge from the provinces that Ottawa would not win. Now, this is not language I've ever heard out of Stephen Gibault, but I think it goes to the work that our environment minister, Sonia Savage, has done in helping to educate Ottawa that we are not a subordinate level of government. That we want why you need this power. Like what is so urgent that you would use what is normally an emergency power to skip around the legislature? to? Because we've been the ignored. We've been ignored for 10 years.
0: So take that in because and there was no editing in that clip, by the way, some of the other clips we edited together, some segments. If you're watching the video, you can clearly see that. If you're only listening to the audio, we can press some things. But um, there's no edits in that clip. So Danielle Smith goes from saying, hey, you know what? My minister did such a good job advocating for the province of Alberta, advocating for our resources, advocating for our economy, that she turned the federal government around. They listened and they uh, recognized that they couldn't go ahead with what was being proposed. They listened to her minister because her minister was effective at their job and in the same breath she turns around and says well i need the power to rewrite laws without any oversight because we're being ignored the the cognitive dissonance that's required to lift those two weights at the same time is really quite remarkable
5: This was denied a transplant because of her vaccination status and she will die without it. Does your government have plans to address this medical coercion?
3: Um, I am uh, seeking a second opinion on that particular case and I know that there is at least one other case as well. So as soon as I have a a result from that I will let you know. The the difficulty with with transplant... Uh, transplant patients is that they do have a protocol they go through to determine who has the best likelihood of survivability. And so that's why I need to have a second medical opinion. I don't want to to uh, supersede that. So I'm, I'm very hopeful that we'll be able to get an, a, an opinion in the in matter of a number of weeks.
0: Now, what you heard there was a highly publicized situation where there is a woman who needs a transplant, but she doesn't want to get vaccinated. She's just refused to. She's taken it to the courts and the courts have said, you know what? This is how it works. There's requirements for getting transplants. It's like we don't give livers to alcoholics who are still drinking because you need to use the things that you're getting in a a responsible and healthy way because it's literally coming out of another human being's body. Daniel Smith is saying, you know what? I think that maybe my interpretation of medical science is more robust. I think that maybe I'm a more reliable source. So I'm going to find a second opinion. The amount of evidence and work that goes into transplant panels is almost indescribable. The, the amount of medical knowledge and the amount of review that happens to determine literally who's going to live and die, what are the criteria that should be implemented for who gets these precious organs and who doesn't? Those are incredibly weighty decisions and they're based on evidence and they're based on science. And boy, it sure is a good thing that Danielle Smith doesn't have a history of cherry picking physicians who will say ridiculous things to back up her opinion, those same physicians who maybe don't have medical licenses anymore. She's done exactly that. She's propped up physicians who don't have the ability to practice medicine anymore. She put her whole GoFundMe, that $90,000 tax rebate that she donated to the JCCF, that was initially created to find physicians to back up her batshit crazy treatment options for COVID 19. And she's still doing it as the premier of Alberta. And she's suggesting that she's going to continue to interfere. With evidence-based medicine, using her position and her bias only. Now there were a couple other bombshells that happened yesterday because, of course, there were. If we're gonna if we're gonna Alberta politics, we're gonna Alberta politics up in here. Moments after that press conference ended, almost as if it was done deliberately. This was tweeted out. That is the official resignation from ex-premier of Alberta and to many father of the United Conservative Party, Jason Kenney, where he said, I have resigned as member of the Legislative Assembly for Calgary Laheed. So this isn't just I've quit the party. This is peace. I'm out. You guys can have your legislature. Thank you to my constituents for the honor of representing them in Parliament and the legislator over the past 25 years. And then he issued a statement. We're not going to read the whole statement, but there's a little sousant of flavor at the end that is really worth digging into. From the left, we see efforts to cancel our history, delegitimize our historically grounded institutions and customs, and divide society dangerously along identity lines. And from the far right... We see a vengeful anger and toxic cynicism, which often seeks to tear things down rather than build up and improve our imperfect institutions. Gosh, I wonder who fanned all those flames. I wonder who made all of those issues such a big deal for so many people. Jason Kenny is exiting the building with the same speed of the kid who was playing with matches and gasoline near the curtains and realized that he lit the whole damn house on fire. It's very clear by the timing of this announcement that this was designed to do a couple of things. And we're going to talk about what the implications of some of those things are. But before we get to our panel discussion and our open house, where we're going to invite all of our Twitter listeners to, to jump in. If they have some thoughts Uh, tread lightly, dearly Deirdre and I are coming prepared after last night, not saying just saying Um, we saw a rare statement from the Calgary chamber of commerce. Now, typically Calgary Chamber of Commerce doesn't overtly get involved in politics. That's kind of not their jam. They'll, they'll quietly nudge and give elbows from the sidelines, but it's very rare that they will issue a statement that says, however, the Chamber remains concerned that the proposed Alberta Sovereignty within a United Canada Act will impede new investment in the province, reduce business certainty and stability, and create challenges for businesses to attract and retain talent. When the people that you're advocating for, when the businesses that you're trying to protect are the ones that are saying, ro it's maybe time to pay attention. But we're gonna do a little bit of a, a, a deep dive panel discussion here. We're joined by, as always,
4: Sarah Big, and we've got, uh, I want to make sure I get this right, hold on.
0: No!
5: Yeah, it's... Uh,
0: It's Danielle Mitchell Smith. Am I getting that right? (laughs) That was so mean. (laughs) Deirdre has name name problems, where people like to conflate her name in various different ways. uh, And Nate was the first. Deirdre. 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 Yeah. Deirdre Mitchell Smith. And then I was like, "Oh, damn it." and i'm i'm not people who get paid to do this for a living are doing it too so i feel like free. how are we doing
5: absolutely fabulous aside from uh you know <laughs> uh the the sovereignty act is is worse worse it's worse it's worse <laughs>
0: Marrie I just before we before I ask Sarah how she's doing because she's coming to us live from the nation oops I mean the province's capital um before we get into that I just wanna I just wanna double check uh TMX that was uh that was almost canceled because of notley right
5: mm.
0: you have to go back and listen to yesterday's episode to get why I'm being- <laughs> Oh, snarky. Sarah Biggs, how are things in Edmonton?
4: Oh, you know, I'm just hiding under a Coffee of the Throne speech.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were there. It's... You were in the room. You got to see the the, the, the feature <sighs> flying from the, the throne. Mm-hmm.
4: I, gotta say, I had
0: first row seats. My, my first question, uh, was the brass band as good as it sounded on TV? Because we, I was in the car yes. when that started playing, and I was just like, how come this isn't the music on hold for all the press gallery? Like, <laughs> press
4: so I was booth. literally like fifteen feet away from the brass band. Not even. Um, they're really, 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 really good.
0: Um, I was impressed, and I say that as a as a middle aged musician.
4: And you know, we had to say, sing "God Save the King," and I went along with "God Save the Queen." <laughs> I guess I could I was like, I don't know.
0: You know what I did notice too? It's the the new lyrics of the Canadian Anthem that got sung there.
4: Oh, okay. So, so I have a story about that. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, no, yesterday was, sorry, I'm having issues with my AirPods. Okay. So yesterday was a little bit unconventional. So walked in, they take your handbag, they take your cell phone away. I was like, the horror, because, you know. Sarah cannot be without her cell phone for more than, like, five minutes. So, but I knew I was ready. Then, you know, everybody was trying to refresh the seating plan. So yesterday, they gave us that when we walked in. Seating plan. Jason Kenney is...
0: Not. Right.
4: (laughs) Seated right at the back right here. So I'm looking, I'm looking who's coming in. I'm like, oh. Where's, 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 where are the two Jasons? Nowhere to be found. So, and then, um, so they gave us like the opening ceremonies. Then they gave us the seating plan. And I was looking for the speech. And I was like, where's the speech? Cause I wanted, I was going to take notes, right? They gave it to us when we exited.
0: Oh. Um, That's an interesting yeah. way to do a program. How would you possibly <laughs> so, know when the intermissions are?
4: Uh okay, so the intermission was when the NDP called for a division. Okay. So fine. they go so they went through uh everything in ceremony, so we sang the anthem and there was a lot of people on my side because I was on the government side of the gallery. A lot of people did not adapt their lyrics to the current and newly adapted, like five, six years ago now, national anthem. That was that was quite interesting. Um, and after that, um, throne speech again. Nothing burger. Nothing to light our hair on fire about. I just wanted then- to,
0: Before you keep going, Sarah, I just want to jump in because there's some comments here, and I think this is something that's worth addressing. Um, when we're talking you- about the speech from the throne, who writes that?
4: the government
0: yeah it's not the lieutenant governor she needs no. the speech that's been provided to her because that's the custom but it's not yeah. the lieutenant governor's no
4: role. no she yeah. has a ceremonial role she is given a speech and they're like here here's
5: read all read this yeah. here's
4: the yeah. words so let's and i'm trying to 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 read another comment doesn't make any sense but We'll get back to that. So, and then during the throne speech, they started distributing Bill 1, the Hansard, the white little, you know, 12 pager there. So that was being distributed during the. Yes.
0: Did it still smell like fresh sulfur? <laughs>
4: <laughs> no. Um, yours truly got it.
0: Time.
4: Yours truly was in trouble a few times. I got called out by security a few times because I've put my documents on the ledge. And they were like, no, 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 ma'am, you can't do that. No, Mrs. Biggs, no, you, you gotta stop doing that. And I was like, God damn it. Anyway, so they distributed the one during the lecture, during the reading. So that was the first time the MLA's were seeing the bill. So then uh, Ms. Smith talks about you know her bill and all that, and Mr. Scow moves to a motion to adjourn until today. And then all the yeses, yeses, all the nays, nays, and then the NDP caucus stands up. And everybody in the gallery, they're like, what does this mean? What are they doing? I was like, they are calling a division.
0: Now, and for, they were like, for, our, for our, our listeners and our viewers, if you would be so kind, what is a division?
4: So a division is basically, we don't want to hear about this bill not even pre- presented to us, technically. It's like, it's not even worth having a look. So they didn't open it. They suspected what would be in it. And they were like, no, we're, we're not entertaining this bill. So... And then there was a 30 second bell and then there was a 15 minutes break. So I left at the 15 minutes break because I had to go run to my cell phone and see what was happening. Um so that was I could say that was a little bit of a surprise in the room when like I saw that. I was like, oh, sh-. and you can't be loud. And God knows I'm very expressive. And I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, oh. <laughs> and I was just like really trying not to be loud because it went dead quiet in there. Um, but, you know, the speech itself, it's a nothing burger. It's a normal. It's, this- it's It does not guide us a whole lot on yeah. the
0: direction no, of the sure, sure didn't set the tone for what came after. When we're talking no. about the first reading, and this is a, a, a technical clarification that I think is probably worth making because, and I, I also want to talk about some of the MLAs who weren't even present because I have some questions, but um, when we're talking about the first reading, typically the vote on the first reading is yes this is a thing that should be entertained we don't know the specifics yet but this is a thing that should be entertained in a lot of tradition unless i'm mistaken the first vote is largely procedural and then you get into we're going to kick the crap out of this thing or not
5: yeah and actually it's also important to note that um like even even the mlas who are part of government caucus do not get to see what's actually in the bill until it is tabled in the legislature. So basically, everyone has to say yes, we want to see this in order to actually see it. That again, yeah. first reading. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. So I mean, it's, it's, it's
0: permission yeah. to have the first reading. Yeah,
5: it's it's basically uh, saying <laughs> we're going to table this bill. We're going to see what it says, um, and no one else has really seen it. And by no one else, I mean, not the opposition, not the private or not uh, the government caucus. Like people haven't seen it yet. This is just saying, let's table this. Let's put it into the public record. That's what this is saying.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it's, it is somewhat telling that the NDP said, nope, um, we're not even going to consider yeah. the reading of this. That may be because of the advertising campaign that Smith & Co. did running up to it. Who's to say? Um, but there were some other people who didn't show up in the legislature. So let's let's run down the the list a little bit as as, as you can here. Let's go, out. My, uh, let's go
4: through my let's go through my graphics here.
0: Well, I don't want to do all of them, but <laughs> Kenny wasn't there. Right? No. Obviously he had resignation. Yeah, which, which list want. is
5: which which <clears throat> list is shorter, Sarah? Who was there or who Sorry? wasn't? I said, which list is shorter? Who was there or who wasn't? Who who was not? Who was
2: not?
0: Okay, so I want to hit off mine, and then you tell me if there's any extras. So Kenny wasn't yep. there. Jason Nixon, no. No. who has been morphed into Joseph Chow, uh, the the very tall. Is it? Is there a higher height? Requirement both for super. He's tall. like six foot eight. seven. He's eight.
4: eight. Oh my god! Super tall. I feel like
0: Settle so short next <laughs> Yeah. That was that was a reference to the comment that Joseph Shaw made towards one of the NDP uh, women uh, MLAs, oh, oh, where he told her to settle down, kitty cat. I'm just saying that for their listeners, so they don't like. I'm making a joke. I'm not just being misogynist. But uh, let
4: me grab a candy.
0: There we go. <laughs> Is it MMs? Um, but yes,
4: uh, it's M&M's as kiddles. Sorry.
0: Perfect. Jason Nixon wasn't there. Pat Rain. Was it there? Presumably, he had to go to his Mexico vacation home early this year. Um, Rachel Notley wasn't there.
4: Apparently, Miss Notley gave notice to the speaker and then she was not going to attend. So, I the mean, reasons why? He- yes, the optics are questionable. 100 percent
0: i mean my only question with the optics being questionable is the ndp are currently on a campaign of saying here's all the folks that that didn't vote no and here's the folks that didn't vote at all and i don't we don't want to talk about our leader though our special
4: notice to people carrying water for them right now and they're just
0: like on my butt they know who they are okay so we got we got those ones who did i miss
4: Uh, we mispassed Panda because he's visiting family in, he's in India right now. Okay. And then, um, we had someone leaving uh, after the division was called.
0: I'll say it. I know you don't want to say it, but I'll say it. Uh, Lila, here I don't
4: even know if Drew Barnes and Thomas Dang were there because I couldn't see.
0: Fair enough. but yeah, we saw Leela here walk out. She 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 left. Yes. yes. So do with that what you will, but her name's not on the for or the against column. Nope. So I guess that puts her in the same place as I don't know, Rachel Notley. But um... She
4: she voted with her feet. Come in.
0: I mean we're already Character here, yes. But
5: that, is, that is not the. That's not the right. Uh, that's the right uh, sound. No, you're going through
0: the microphone.
5: So, so let's talk yeah. about
0: the the uproar that we've seen coming out of Bill One. There have been no shortage of columns that have been written about the concerns uh, about the the lack of constitutionality and the the the. We're not gonna follow any democratic norms or rules anymore. There's been a lot of of, of column inches that have been burned up on that. Deirdre, I'm going to ask you to go first because Sarah just got to do a whole bunch on the being in the room because she's a big deal. Um, you are a big deal. Just own it. Own it. No. Own your truth. Deirdre, what's your take on Bill 1, what we know so far?
5: Bill 1 is absolutely horrible. It puts... Uh government organizations, government run organizations, government affiliate organizations into a position that is actually, um, it's, oh, I don't want to hyper, I don't want to be hyperbolic here, but just picture the idea that your provincial government tells you to ignore federal law that is actually still applicable to you that you are still required to uphold. Um, this is like, this is, it's, it's, it's actually astounding that a provincial government would suggest that they are gonna put Albertans in that position. these are Albertans, school boards, universities, police, uh, they are still Albertans. And even if someone, even if a, many of them, a few of them actually think, hey, this is not a bad idea. I don't want to comply with these laws anyway. There are still going to be people who are like, oh, however, this is my job. This is this is an uh, this I have I've taken an oath to uphold the law. And the provincial government saying I don't have to doesn't actually absolve me of the responsibility to do so. Um, There's that part. But the other part which uh i was unfortunately told was incorrect um i was i was told today that there's no mechanism to for led for the legislature to bind executive council and when i put that out on twitter luckily (laughs) i follow a ton of lawyers who also follow me back who went (laughs) and i got schooled a bit. And then I started to look because I was like, I haven't actually checked law Twitter. Right. And so I started to look and I just ended up, I was schooled really well. And the thing is that the legislation as written could have bound executive council had they chosen to do so they chose not to. And this is why it's a problem because as much as they want to say, um, You know these are measures these are recommendations all like language matters in legislation it's why people fight over one word or a comma because it matters it makes a difference this is it's 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 literally why they write legislation and sarah and i were talking earlier and you know we were like if there are if there are too many interpretations of a particular legislation then it's not good legislation. Like That's why it's difficult to read. That's why it's so nitpicky about every single thing. Why? Because it has to be specific. If it's not specific, then what good is it? That's what we're looking at with the Sovereignty Act. And uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely got a little feistier after visiting some law twitter stuff. Feel free to go through my feed because the last things I retweeted were basically a bunch of lawyers going, absolutely not. This is not okay. And I was like, right. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the, the metaphor that I used earlier today was what they're saying is that there will be a proposal for measures that are put forward and it doesn't define what a measure is. So the measure could be something. And the metaphor that I used was driving to Edmonton. The The measure could be, we need you to go to Edmonton. It doesn't say, what kind of vehicle, when you're supposed to get there, how many people you're supposed to take, whether or not you're supposed to run over anyone on the way, it doesn't include any of that. The measure is just go to that place. It can be that broadly written. It can be that broadly presented. And if that's the case, then that gives the people who take that measure back <coughs> behind closed doors to say, well, run over three old people on the way, okay? And that's really problematic because, again, that's one of those things where if the wording, you're, my, what I've been told is the same thing that you're saying there, Deirdre, the wording absolutely does matter. And if the wording is vague, to say to people to whom have just been given more or less absolute legislative power, don't let it corrupt you, okay? I mean, this is a government where we've already seen repeated examples of corruption. Cough, LaGrange masks, cough, yeah. where they've exploited the existing systems. And now they're being given a free, a, a blank check in many ways. And we saw from Shandro's comments that I, I played earlier. He was like, well, you know, it's inconceivable that a politician <laughs> would take <laughs> advantage of vaguely worded legislation. And if they oh, did. No. A, a future cabinet yeah, a exactly. future
5: cabinet might but you know we you can trust, we won't. Us. You can trust us i'm not that the guy brilliant. that shows
0: up in people's driveways gets people's cell phone numbers or yeah. anything like that you can trust me it's just so disingenuous and that's part of what the 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 problem is sarah i know you have a slightly more pragmatic approach on this
4: uh, uh, it's not fully digested yet. Let's put it that way. I have been in a fairly conservative bubble for the past 72 hours. And I'm trying to... um Sarah? Get out of that... Oh, yes. No. Okay. I- I'm trying to make sense of it. I'm trying to... I read it a hundred times. And I feel like I'm back in Quebec with... Let me tell you how growing up in Quebec is when you have some legislation like
0: that. Are, are we gonna are we gonna include some poutine and smoked meats in the story?
5: No. No, um. cigarettes, no though. That a cigarettes that came after
4: That came after. No, I am gonna point out to Carlos here. I'm just seeing a comment here. Pragmatism went out the window and in the moment this crab bill was handed down. Yes. But in order to have a clear mind, I need to remain somewhat pragmatic to look into it. Just saying. Quickly, while
0: responding you- to, to comments, uh, Barnes yeah. was present.
4: Okay, cool.
0: So you can you can give him a little gold star on your chart.
4: I'll put him on the green zone. Um, Quebec have seen extreme. The economy slowed down so much for 25 years, up to even 2005-2006, their growth was at least 1% lower than compared to the rest of the country. Um, I
0: I just want to say, we we have like a, a couple billion dollar surplus, right?
4: Yeah.
5: Okay. Yeah. Okay, but wait—it's twelve, and Danielle Smith was the first one to say during the leadership race that we still have an eight billion dollar structural deficit.
4: Yeah, I can't wait to see that. Um, that's why she wanted to cut five billions in AHS. But so, growing up with um, in the environment, I grew up where um, on referendum night, my father had a for sale sign by the door, ready to be staked in Um, because um, there was no, there was no way for my family to be able to remain in Quebec if referendum would go, It, it was not a possibility. It, uh, it has caused a lot of damage to the economy, to the reputation, to dialogue with other provinces, federal, provincial. Um, now Quebec is doing their own thing. We are trying to attempt what Quebec did. And I have a lot of questions. Are we willing, even if we have a surplus, even if we are in oil boom, are we willing to compromise the economic stability of the province, stability or growth, whatever you want to call it, for the sake of being able to pick and choose what you want to follow within the confederation?
0: Well, I mean, I got to jump in with the or, counterpoint there. I got to jump in with the counterpoint there because yeah. to me, the real question is: Are we are we really at a place where we want to compromise our democratic integrity? Well, there's for that too. I'm not
4: yeah, but the thing is that, you know, there's um, some people were arguing it's going to be adding checks and balances because they could do it now, but it's arguable. I wouldn't have – I wouldn't say that this is accurate, that, you know, they could make decisions just the way they were. I would also say that um, – You know, for example, just an example, a lot of people can relate, if Daniel Smith decides that the federal child care agreement is not good for the province, she could decide to blow it up. She could, because uh, some will say that it's not good for the private um, operators. Some will say that there's too many strings. Some will say that there's a gag order with the contract that comes with it. Um... It's an extremely badly written bill.
0: So here's what my question is. And I'm trying
4: to, I'm trying not to light my hair on fire. I'm trying to, you know, not be angry. But it's not good. I had phone calls this morning. My phone was blowing up. People were already losing investments.
0: So here's, here's my question. Let's let's do the thought exercise because I'm seeing that we've got a lot of teachers in the the space tonight and I want to I want to go down this road and I'm going to deliberately ask Deirdre this question because I'm a good I'm a good poodle Um, (laughs) let's say that for one reason or another. Daniel Smith and the UCP decide to recognize that the situations in many Alberta schools are largely untenable. Teachers are burning out. There is an education crisis going on, and it is a real problem for education. Let's say that the UCP say, you know what? The federal government, they haven't been supportive enough, or they find some mechanism by which to, to blame this on the feds. They take that debate to the House legislature and they say we got to fix education we got to support these teachers trudeau isn't providing enough money we sent him so much money it doesn't give us any money back it's constitutionally unfair it's against alberta's interests and let's bear in mind some of the ivermectin arguments that we've seen from our premier this is not a tremendous leap let's say that the house that has a ucp majority says you're right fix education is there anything in this bill that prevents cabinet from taking back the mandate of fixed education and saying we're gonna we're gonna nationalize teaching and we're gonna set a specific pay grade? This is what everybody gets. This is what we're gonna do, and we're also gonna lower all of the standards for 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 what constitutes a teacher. If you've ever wanted to be a teacher, have you seen Goodwill Hunting? Good enough. Come on in. Um, <laughs> What's what's to say? What mechanisms exist in this bill to prevent that? Um. Okay,
5: so yeah, this is this is actually kind of a tough one for me because, um, because education, yes, like we 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 do have standardized a standardized um, bar, let's say across the country and there is a there's an expectation that we meet that however education is pretty much fully provincial as as a as a jurisdiction and okay so like i mean the only the only thing i can kind of can that i can kind of think might come up um
0: uh let's say the point that I'm right. getting at is, there's no mechanisms in the bill to prevent them from doing that. Once they get that motion, once they get that mandate from the House to do the thing, there's nothing in the bill that says you have to debate and provide specific steps. You have to. But it doesn't say that.
4: No, but it it's does, easy to well, get a mandate. It's easy to get a mandate from the House when you're majority government. Yes.
5: Right. Like that. Like that's that's kind of that's kind of where a lot of people including myself were like is is something like the sovereignty act really necessary because if you have a majority government you can say we're gonna do this and you have the majority votes so yeah. then you technically can do it.
0: Um, it just takes I mean, well and we have to we have to redefine the relationship <laughs>
5: it's
4: gonna That's be right, no, the, the relationship status is going to be upgraded to it's complicated. Like, That's true. Let's just yeah. be honest with
0: ourselves. We got, we got a speaker the on the Twitter machine who wants to wants to chip in. And I always love what he has to who say. Who that? Zayad, my friend. Uh-huh. What's going on tonight? Hi,
2: thanks. Uh, yeah, I'm um, having fun listening. I've got some Christmas music going in the background here. So if you can <laughs> hear me over it. Um,
5: it sounds festive. Yeah,
2: I huh? was uh, looking at some aspects of the bill. I was looking at the webpage for... Uh, Alberta sovereignty within the United Canada Act, and it's hard to define the wording of the bill itself. And um, it, it, it is. Like you, you have to sort of follow a link to go to the legislature website, and then you can find the bill there. Um, as you know, I got some exposure to the standard of re- review part of the law through the Alberta School Mask Lawsuit. And so the thing that struck me out of um, out of the bill, two things. One is that In the preamble, it keeps talking about the people of Alberta expecting the Parliament of Canada and the Government of Canada to to respect the Constitution, and then there's another preamble phrase about expecting the Parliament of Canada and the Government of Canada to respect the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, but there's no expectation listed there for us people of Alberta to expect the Government of Alberta to respect the Constitution and the Charter. Um, Now, further below, when it comes to that standard of review, so. You know, when a government behaves as naughty kids and lawyers get together and take the government to court, one of the tests to see whether the government behaved properly is what's called a standard of review. And so I'm not a lawyer, but from what I've learned, um, the standard of review that was used, let's say, for example, in a school mask lawsuit came from a Supreme Court precedent called Vavilov, which was between correctness and reasonableness. So correctness is... If the judge had to do the decision all over again, with the evidence all over again, how would they do it? And reasonableness is more about the process. Is the process followed, the one that should be followed by the law? Well, what the government of Alberta has done with Bill 1 is said that for a bunch of lawyers to get together and sue the government saying what you've done here under the Alberta Sovereignty Act, yada, yada, um, is wrong, is they've made the standard review patently unreasonable like so unreasonable it's patently unreasonable and this standard review was taken out by a previous supreme court decision called dunsmuir as an unacceptable standard of review so i kind of find it funny that um, this act is trying to bring back the standard of patently unreasonable which the supreme court two judgments ago ratified by vavilov says No, you can't set that as a standard. And just the process by which this bill is coming in is itself patently unreasonable. So, uh, you know, I guess my feedbacks in two areas one, the preamble where the bill isn't holding the government of Alberta to the same constitutional and charter standards as supposedly we're holding the government of Canada. And then the second is that it's setting an overly high. Um, standard or review for the government's behavior if there's a judicial review or a court challenge that the Supreme Court has already uh, wiped out two decisions ago. Thanks.
0: I love it when that dude comes on and to talks. <laughs> I really do. Although I'm super curious whether or not he was at a, a hockey game or a train station because I, <laughs> I, I have a but I mean it, it,
2: I'm actually, I'm in a hotel lobby that's largely empty, but the music is rocking. So <laughs> it's, I'm safe enough to feel okay without my mask here. But uh, yeah, I'd rather be with my mask on. <laughs> well, as long as, <laughs> as long as you're going to be home for Christmas. <laughs> uh, I think so. Uh, I should be home before the next Mariah Carey song. So yeah. He's my dreadful music.
0: Thanks so much. I appreciate that you came in with that. But again, it, it raises the question um, if you're going to claim this level of power, one would think that the language that you used would coming into it. I don't know if you maybe had at least one lawyer involved in advising, if not writing the 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 language of the the bill
5: <laughs> <Rob> <laughs>
0: oh, that was like oh. <laughs> <laughs> crazy like
5: right? three different oh, places in province.
0: <laughs> but one would think if 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 that if it was any good that that would the language would be any good and it's it's quite telling that this was brought forward with with what many constitutional and legal scholars have said is an unprecedented power grab um that it's it's being presented the the, the way that it is um So,
4: I I never thought, Nate,
5: that in my career
4: that we would have to comment
0: on something like that again. Neither did I. I I was like – I keep going – I opened the show with we're doing like three a week this week and it still feels like stuff (laughs) slipping through the cracks. And on that note, I want to swing away from this because we could spend hours and hours going everything's on fire and why does Daniel Smith hate Alberta. But I also want to talk – about <laughs> <laughs> uh, if anybody else on the Twitter spaces, I can see that we got some smart people in there tonight. Uh, if anybody has anything else that they want to add, any perspectives that they want to share, throw your hand up. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise um, I'm going to, I'm going to take a second to do a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a plug because one of the, the things that I think that I've noticed about this episode is that the technical glitches, the gremlins are largely gone. The videos work. <laughs> the audio is much better. I don't, I haven't gotten inundated with 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 comments or or DMs saying, "Oh my gosh, the audio, the audio, the audio." So I'm I bought take- a
5: new microphone. Damn it!
0: Thank you. Um, I'm going to take that that opportunity. Um, to uh say thank you to all of our patreon sponsors uh because it's uh it's it's because if you guys well i mean you got y'all didn't pay for didger's mic because i didn't know she was going to buy one but oh, the, no,
5: he's paying me back I
0: there heard. we go the the technical <laughs> upgrades that we've made to the 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 live stream and the equipment around it they are entirely a result of a the, the port of our the support of our patreon sponsors so i want to say a big thank you to all of our patreon sponsors thank you so much um i uh am going to i think i'm gonna leave it at that it's been a nutty three days we're gonna be back on sunday god willing there's no more need for emergency episodes because daniel smith does very (laughs) very bad things to the province of alberta i want to say thank you to everybody who has been commenting on the the chats tonight um one of the, the fun things about the new platform that we're on is I can see all of the comments from the YouTube platforms and the Facebooks. Uh, it's, it's delightful. Um, thank you everybody for having that wonderful side conversation, because if there's one thing that the breakdowns trying to be about, it's about facilitating conversations. And now that we have this cool new, new tool, love it. Um Sarah Biggs from the capital in Edmonton from the this the heart of darkness
4: <laughs> any final I, thoughts I, I have a lot of work to do tonight and I gotta go to bed <laughs> because I need to meet with my clients early tomorrow and it's, it's gonna be uh, I'm gonna stop by the lunch tomorrow afternoon and see what's going on the, the house just got adjourned like 20 minutes ago um we're gonna see what's gonna to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, there's a caucus meeting. Um, we're gonna see what's gonna come out of this, and then I'm waiting to see if we're gonna see any amendments to bill one. And I think it's gonna be important, and we will have to be attention because I do not believe that it a majority of caucus agrees with the bill.
0: Well, here's hoping not. And I mean, I I can say that I've spoken to a few folks uh, off the record a little bit who have. Uh, who are MLAs, uh, who are, are UCP MLAs, who have raised some pretty big concerns about this. And so I think that one of the things that we're going to see is either some pretty major amendments or some more drama, which would be totally on brand for Alberta. Anyways, um, the, the only thing I've got to plug other than the Patreon is uh, if, you're, if you're interested, if you're willing, uh, if you're perhaps bored, uh I had a fantastic <laughs> conversation with uh Dean Blundell today and and his uh jolly little group of friends it was a much different tone than uh we normally have here on the breakdown, but it was, it was a fantastic conversation and you can check that out on Dean Blundell, uh, his, the Dean Blundell show, he's got the podcast, he's got the YouTubes, uh, and, uh, I'll be honest, it was his crew that helped us sort out some of the, the live streaming gremlins that we are, are, are now free of. So big thanks to them. Um, and there's, you know, some exciting announcements that are, that are coming down the pipes for the breakdown that I've alluded to before. Uh, there is a, a, let's call it a network, of, of podcasts and streamers that are, are going to be working together in the very near future, trying to bring a, a more measured, sometimes humorous, mostly more accessible discussion around politics and civil society over the next little bit. There's going to be some announcements coming out over that. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, I want to say thank you to everybody who participated tonight. Even if you were just listening, really appreciate it. Um, uh, and I already said thanks to the chats. I'm kind of rambling now, so I'm going to shut it down. Thank you guys so much. Please stay engaged. I know I said this last night. The self-care piece is critically important because it's really, really easy to get overwhelmed by all of this. And it's really, really easy to to, to check out. It's a good thing <coughs> to take breaks. Sarah says cough. Uh, it's a good <laughs> thing <time> to take, <laughs> it's a good I thing thought to I to thought take was break, on mute. <laughs> but... Uh, you got to take care of yourself as well. And you got to stay engaged because if there's anything that's been made abundantly clear over the last couple of days, it's that this fight is just getting started. Alberta politics is only going to get more dynamic and I'm probably going to need to get some more dynamic t-shirts to keep up with that. Thank you everybody. Take care of yourselves and keep the conversation going.